Hello and welcome to Tomlin's Harmonica Podcast, where I'll be hanging out with players and teachers and having conversations loosely based around harmonica. This week's podcast is part of a series where I'll be interviewing beginners rather than pros. Today's guest is Jerry, who's been playing for a while now, but realized that he needed to take his practice more seriously after he got a taste of playing in public. All right, so today we are joined by Jerry. How are you doing today? It's a wonderful day here in North Carolina. <laughs> Very nice. So I was going to ask uh, whereabouts you are. You've already told us. Uh, what is it that you do? Uh, I, I'm retired. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, been about five years since I retired now. And uh, since retired, prior to that, I was a, a computer geek. Um, I was an IT manager for many, many years, and uh, so therefore I never make mistakes. I'm always correct, um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and I have the T-shirt to prove it. So. <laughs> nice. Um, so, was was harmonica something that you picked up uh, in retirement, or have you been playing longer? Actually, than that? I, I picked up the uh, harmonica when. Um, my wife's parents moved to the southern part of the United States, and we were living in the uh, the northeastern part. Uh, so they moved to Florida, and we would go down to visit them driving down. Um, uh, you know, I, I think the Wright brothers had already invented flying, but we weren't too much into it back then. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Uh, but I, I decided that we were going to be on the road for years in uh, driving down the 1,500 miles or so, that, you know, to... And I said, well, you know, what can I do while I'm driving? And I said, maybe I get a little harmonica to kind of play while wife's driving or I'm driving. You know, it's very straight roads. <laughs> I know it's not safe to play the harmonica <laughs> while you're driving. We'll, we'll add a disclaimer to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so I went to a, a local music store and um, said, yeah, I, w- I want a harmonica to play. And they had all these little tiny things there, you know. 10 holes in them and stuff and I said that's that's not enough harmonica for me <laughs> so <laughs> so I rapidly grabbed a Honer Goliath tremolo type thing with 48 holes and um, very very strange instrument to play um, still can't get very much music out of it and I think I, I you know tried that for probably half a dozen trips I, I would kind of play while we were going there and put it down and then a year later or so would pick it up again and i probably went for a few years doing that and uh i think that the, the first time i picked up a 10-hole diatonic was at a uh kind of a, a uh, i think it was a cracker barrel i don't know if you've ever heard of it it's a a food chain that had an old-timey country store type thing and they had a you know little four dollar and 97 cent uh <laughs> you know, 10 hall harmonica there. And I picked up that and I said, wow, this, you can actually play some stuff that sounds similar to music. Uh, and, and I played that for a little while and uh, then kind of put it aside. Um, I mean, I, I grew up in a, a family with uh, uh, five brothers and sisters. So there were six of us and all of us played a musical instrument through grade school and high school. And, uh, Mine was the trumpet, which, you know, I, I got, a, uh, I don't know how much you would say accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> I played in the band and the orchestra 
and uh, could get some music out of it. But uh, about the second year of my lessons, um, before I went home uh, with my trumpet lesson, my instructor would uh, say, this is what you're going to play for next week. And he'd go, da, 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 and he would play a song, you know, whatever was in the book. And this one particular time, he said, <coughs> I've got kind of a cold. I don't think I can play anything this week. So you're going to pay page 37. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and I came back in the next week and he says, OK, let's hear what you got. And I went like, da, 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 da. And he kind of looked at me with this blank look on his face. He goes, you can't read music. <laughs> what? He says it's supposed to sound like. I said, "Oh, and, and I kind of played it back pretty close to correctly and stuff. So he said, he just kind of shook his head and said, "You got to learn to read music. You really, you really should learn to read music." And so ever since then, I've been searching for an instrument where I didn't have to do a whole lot of reading. <laughs> Nice, nice. That that is a great reason to to learn harmonica, and it, it is one of those things that I get asked all the time. It's like, do I need to to learn to read music to play harmonica? And while I think it it can be useful, I definitely don't think it's it's imperative, and sometimes it gets in the way. Um, so that that's cool. Um, what what um, what kind of made you get more serious about about the harmonica? The um... A couple of years ago, um, we went on a river cruise uh, to Europe, and prior to the cruise, we stopped off in Prague. And I happened to be, I don't think I was playing much before that, but, you know, I could almost bend a note here and there, and I could understand a little bit about second position and first position, and, you know, saying, okay, you know, if I, I'm playing, if the song's in G, I'm playing in C. So I knew a little bit about it, and it's like, we are in this little uh, pub, in Prague with, with my friends and this lady that owned the place got out of guitar and started playing and I just pulled my C harp out of my harmonica and just kind of joined in with her and my friends were like what is what is this <laughs> I mean they thought it was it was like the the New York you know symphonic was playing and stuff it's like <laughs> later listening to the recordings it was pretty bad but I mean <laughs> at the time it was such a, a tremendous rush um and it didn't actually sound too bad unless you you know start learning a little bit more and then re-listen to it a few months later <laughs> and that's kind of what what kicked me off and uh, we got back from that trip uh like i said that's about two years ago and i think that's when i started looking at youtube and uh, within a couple of months i started i signed up for uh your lessons uh, and uh I'm kind of an on and off again kind of person. It's like the first three months I was, you know, charged, you know, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd taken notes and keeping track of where I was and, you know, taking my time and doing this and stuff. And then I get to this point where I said, you know, I'm not really making all that great progress. I'm accomplishing some things, but uh, then I started going like, well, you know, how do you do this tongue flutter thing? You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, okay, this is like, you know, six years down the road from where I'm at, but it's like, I'm, maybe I'll just try that a little bit. So I, I kind of lose track of my uh, progress, mm -hmm. <laughs> divert down uh, tiny roads that may lead somewhere and you pick up a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And then after doing that and 
usually ends in a little bit of frustration and then I have to kind of rewind and go, okay, where was I? <laughs> and back up to a more structured approach, which your classes do a very good job of. Um, but it's, like I say, I can, I can be my own worst enemy sometimes. In, in <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that that's a, a really classic scenario. Um, and uh, well, firstly, I'd say don't, don't beat yourself up about it. Um, mm. and, and secondly, just, just be aware that we're, we're kind of in a, a wonderful time for learning any instrument right now where mm. everything is out there. You have experts in kind of the most uh, niche areas of every single instrument. So you can go really, really deep on something super specific. Um, and that's really exciting. And maintaining the discipline of just following one path is is tough um i I think if if you can kind of come back to it every once in a while and i'm personally you know i've been playing music for such a long time that i don't practice all the time but i go through periods Mm. of kind of quite heavy practice and then consolidation for a few months and then i come back to it and alternate between the two uh and i think that's that's a healthy relationship and as long as you can see generally forward momentum that's the main thing that's one of the things that I find myself doing is like I'll put on some some backing tracks and just play and one of the things that um, my wife recently bequeathed me this little um, Samsung GearFit Pro type stuff and it's loaded with backing tracks and I can just double click this button and send it off to a thing so it's very don't even need my phone anymore it's a it's a handy little I, I love this watch now because I can just go click click and I have a bunch of your backing tracks on there and get me a Bluetooth speaker and off I go. But so like I say, I, I enjoy playing it, but I, I find myself some days just feels like music flows and other days it's like, I'm so repetitious. I'm, I'm not, I'm not hitting or feeling things. And it's like, okay, maybe this, maybe it's this particular track. And I'll try another track. Some days it's just like, you just feel like nothing you can play is wrong. Mm-hmm. And other days it's like, I know better than this, and I'm in, <laughs> I'm in a loop, you know. <laughs> so, so somewhere along, I went from having this little four dollar type thing to, I think I, I purchased a Lee Oscar in the Kia C, and it's like, um, and I since starting lessons uh, and do, following your tutorials and stuff, I have sort of uh, submitted to that thing. You know, if you've got enough equipment. <laughs> You can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I, I'm I'm going to um, kind of get try. I want to find out exactly what the biggest struggle has been so far, because it sounds like there are kind of general niggles here and there. But what's what's been mm-hmm. kind of the big big barrier? Um, I I think. It's like if I, it's like when I first started the tutorials and stuff, and it's like I knew I could bend notes and stuff until I got that bloody app for my phone and says you're not even coming close to bending that note. <laughs> it's like, what do you mean it's got to go way down there? You know, it's like, uh, um, so that was kind of a struggle for a while, and um, I, I think I've I've gotten there now. Now I'm starting to struggle with blow bends, you know. Um, and can get I say, oh okay I think I got that and I can get kind of a sort of where I started with with draw bends it's like you know I said okay I'm getting a waiver I'm getting a change of pitch I'm getting but to try to get it to nail it and stick it you know it's like taking a taking a long while mm-hmm. um, 
I guess that's okay for improv and stuff, but if you're trying to accomplish a a song per se or a um, particular uh, combination of things, I tend to rattle my brain a bit. You know, uh, I think I think that's the thing that that is. It's when it gets serious, you know, when when you're trying to that, play that, yes. a piece of music the way it was mm-hmm. written, even if it's just playing a blues solo, it's mm-hmm. it's that that constraint makes it a lot more serious, and you can't get by with I'm just gonna be bluesy, you know, just kind of general bluesiness, um, and mm-hmm. I I do think that that like having a few things under your belt that you have nailed note for note. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is really helpful and it's good for developing your your own language, um, mm. but but yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that. I certainly did. I spent years and years on guitar and harmonica, just being like, I don't want to learn other people's music. I'm an artist. I'm going to create, <laughs> and actually, that was just me hiding behind doing what was easy, rather than mm. sitting down and and learning songs note for note, which. It's still not my favorite thing to do, but I, I see the value in it. Yeah. Well, and it's like, uh, you know, I think that I, I, I can I can sort of hear rhythm and stuff, but if I look at something like a, you know, like written music and it's got, okay, I got, you know, I got a triplet here and an eighth note here and this going there. And it's like, I can see it, but getting that from that piece of paper into my head, unless I hear it, it doesn't work, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like... I still have that. I'm, I'm, you know, it's like I'm. I can't read. You know, it's like I can't read rhythm. I can tell you the notes, but I can't. Yeah, I, I don't. You know, it's, I don't know how to explain that. But it's a. But I, th- I think everyone learns and processes in a completely different way, in a you know, mm-hmm. in a unique way to them, and mm-hmm. that's that's why trying to read is not the best thing for for everyone, mm-hmm. and there are so many fantastic musicians on all instruments who have no idea about music theory they have no idea how to read rhythm or or pitch or any kind of classical notation and yet they are complete monsters on their instruments so i I, I wouldn't worry about it (laughs) yeah i can't remember who it was it was one of the people on hee-haw country kind of music and they asked him if uh if he could read music and he said, he says, yeah, but not so much that it gets in my way. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I've always kind of kind of liked that thought that it's, uh, you know, it's there and there are rules to it. And it's like, you know, the the uh, relationships and the intervals between notes and all of that is just kind of mashed into the, the musical brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and some explanation gets through there. But then, you know, you get down to the esoteric things of, uh, you know, pianissimo and, you know, fortande and, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's what are they trying to tell me to do? You know, it's a, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it, it, it can get in the way most definitely. And I, I think mm-hmm. there are, there are very few, there are very few careers in music anymore where knowing how to read music is actually useful. So mm-hmm. why, why would you, as someone who's doing it f- you know, for for entertainment and fun, even bother putting in that that time when there are so many professionals who don't don't bother with it. Yeah. Um, I think the next step on my journey was uh, getting involved with uh, John Gindick's uh, jam camps, and I I went to those down in Clarksdale, Mississippi, um, and I think he's done his last one, but his coaches have 
tried to pick it up and are continuing on, I believe. And so I think next year they're going to do another one that uh, I may migrate on to. In fact, when I did it, I was I was on a walk with my wife and I go, you know, they got this camp thing for playing harmonica. And I don't know, it's like a thousand bucks or some, you know, some amount of money and I'd have to travel there. And she goes, oh, you should go do it. And I go, really? (laughs) (laughs) Really? I should do that? (laughs) Nice. And, and what was it like? Because I mean, I, I know what John's camps are like. It, it's it's there's nowhere to hide, and and there's you, you have to, to get hide on stage. <laughs> I mean, you get the, I get there, and I'm looking at all these people from all different parts of the world and stuff. And it's like you know, I had a, a little pack of like six harmonicas with me, and these people are bringing out these suitcases of you know equipment, and you know they're wailing away in these corners. I'm going, oh my god, what have I done? What why why am I even here? But then, you know, after a little while, you discover that there are people below your level, above your level, at all levels, and everybody's having a good time. And so it was a little intimidating getting started. But then once you got relaxed and stuff, it was it was it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, uh, it's not I think that they they cap it at like 30 people and they've got six coaches. So the you know, this the coach to student, you know, ratio is is really good and you know they'll take you aside for a little while here and there and they'll have group sessions going on so it was very very enjoyable and i'm looking forward to doing it again to you know nice. see where i i may end up yeah I, I i would highly highly recommend to to anyone who's listening who might be nervous about going to an in-person event to, mm-hmm. to just do it because as much as you can learn everything you need online there is nothing quite mm-hmm. like that energy and excitement from other people who are on the same journey to really get you fired up oh exactly i i you know like i say that that little minute and a half that i spent in prague playing with this you know <laughs> person i've never seen before a song i've never heard before and just kind of willing away what little knowledge that i had and having it come out and my friends are saying, wow, that was, I didn't know you could play. And I'm going, yeah. well, I really can't. But I mean, it, it was just such an invigorating thing to say, I just did that, you know? Yeah. It, uh, and I think that it can, it can drive you to want to be better, to, mm-hmm. to learn more, to say, gosh, I did that knowing this much. You know, if, if I knew a little bit more, you know, maybe I could actually do something. And before this uh, COVID type thing came into place, um, there's there's actually a little group that plays locally that invites you know people up to play their own instrument with them. They're kind of a blues type following type thing. But I was just about ready to make that break to get back on that when all this stuff started happening. And so I'm anxiously awaiting for that to come back because I think that it, it's yeah for people to have it's 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 you're nervous you do that but it's like I mean, music falls on the ears of people that appreciate it. And mm-hmm. it's like, you can be terrible and people say, well, you did that. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's amazing how we, we frame these things in our minds before we do them. Like, I vividly remember the first jam session I went to and my parents had driven me like two, two and a half hours to this jam session in a completely different part of the country. And I arrived and there was a guy with like this incredibly expensive guitar and amplifier. And I just turned around and went back out. And my dad was like, 
we just drove two and a half hours for you to come here. So you're going to get up on stage and you're going to play. I was like, but he's got a really expensive guitar. He must be really good. <laughs> and I, I got up on stage and I stayed up all night. Um, but it was just that initial thing. I really didn't want to, to get up. I assumed that because I didn't have expensive gear, I wasn't going to be good enough. And mm -hmm. actually everyone was very welcoming. It was all about having a fun musical experience together. Um, I think pe people will be surprised when they discover how few egos there are in music because mm -hmm. you expect big egos and they, you do come across them. I've met plenty of them, uh, but <laughs> there are a lot less than you would anticipate, especially when you go to those kind of events. It's just it's not that kind of uh, environment. Yeah, it, it, and it, it it's people are very happy to see you try to do something you know and it's like okay you did that it wasn't the best i ever heard but keep at it you know it's like uh, never heard you know any oh my god get out of here you know yeah <laughs> it's like i don't think you hear that kind of thing and i think that in your mind you kind of hear that in the background they're gonna they're gonna laugh at me and throw bricks and rotten tomatoes at me and <laughs> And said they buy you a drink, you know, yeah. so. <laughs> that, that is much, much more preferable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I, I started asking people uh, who, who are learning harmonica uh, what, what the kind of their top tips are for, for people who are just starting out. Like what would have been the big uh, game changers for you? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I'm still working on that is... Um, I call it the wife saver. It's like playing really soft. Nice. <laughs> you know, min minimal air and trying to get, you know, a good tone with without overpowering the instrument. You know, I mean, it's um, and it, I've, I've heard it said many times in lessons and stuff. It's like, OK, it's a little too hard, a little too hard. But it's like sometimes it's easier to get the tone you're after playing hard and then you got to work to get it soft you know yeah. it's um so i think that concentrating on uh efficient breath control kind of thing and and being able to play softly uh i think is the, the biggest thing that i think has you know led to me and recording yourself and listening to yourself <laughs> you know? yeah. the two of those together uh you can say, wow, that sounded really good. And then you look at yourself and you're huffing and puffing and you're going, okay, you know, that, that, you know, sounded a little rough there. You know, it's like, I mean, dynamics are one thing, but that was just bad, you know? <laughs> so, and uh, I think that, you know, controlling it and getting that level, um, I think that helps with acoustic. And like I said, when I went to the jam camp and they s stuff a microphone in your hand for the first time, um, being able to control that breath is even more important in an amplified world than it is in uh, like an, an easy acoustic world. So breath, breath control, you know, <laughs> this is brilliant. And I didn't even have to pay you to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I sometimes jokingly say uh, t to my wife that when, when I'm doing feedback uh, for students, that I could just have a t shirt made saying, play less hard, and just kind of point point at that. Because uh, it, it is it is the one bit of feedback that I give most regularly uh, that and relaxing uh, so mm -hmm. it's good that you've recognized that it's uh, that it's a game changer um, so I'm, I'm mindful of uh, taking up too much of your time so before we wrap things up uh, mm -hmm. I was just wondering if you had any questions for me 
Um, well, you know, I know that, uh, you know, you started off uh, guitar and, you know, for physical reasons, you know, I had to kind of switch instruments. I mean, do, have you ever um, tried to combo guitar, rack harmonica? Is that in your repertoire or have you thought about <laughs> doing that or? It's a strange beast putting a rack on. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. It is a strange beast, and I have tried it. Um, it's it's definitely on my list of things to to work at. But it's it's so frustrating because you kind of I I, I feel like I'm an okay guitarist, and I feel like I'm an okay harmonica player. And the, the sum of the parts is much less <laughs> than each individual. They don't connect, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm just taking a massive hit in, in quality um, by, by doing both at the same time. Um, so I'd love to be able to do it really well because players who do it well sound brilliant. And, and I think there's something very musical about thinking about both things simultaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you listen to someone like, uh, like John uh, Gindick and he's so musical because he's doing everything simultaneously. Uh, I think that's a huge deal. But but yeah, I think I need to get better at guitar and better at harmonica before I try and put them together. <laughs> yeah, I think you have to get unconscious at one or the other, you know, so that you don't even have to think about it. Sort of like that, you know, rubbing your rubbing your stomach and patting your head type thing that uh, that just doesn't work. You know? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> Ah, oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with me today. Uh, I'm sure that people will really enjoy hearing about your journey so far. And uh, maybe we can do a, a kind of follow up in a, a couple of years time and uh, see what's happening. See if you're fronting your own band or. Uh... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Relaunching Hee Haw in the US of A. You know? <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool all right well enjoy the rest of your day and uh, take it easy happy harping thank you so much for listening to this episode of tomlin's harmonica podcast don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review on your podcast player of choice join me next monday for the next episode happy harping <laughs>